0: Listen. Um, mm.
1: After last week, when one of our listeners said, "You know, we were talking stuff." Oh yes. And I and I had to bleep it out.
0: Well, I feel that's the appropriate like, thing. Yes.
1: Yeah, but I thought the bleep was a bit boring.
0: It's boring and loud.
1: Yeah. So I've got some alternatives to run Have past we? you of potential uh, things that we could replace it with. Okay. Right. So you ready? Yes. Born ready. All right, Here we go. <laughs> How about that one? That was That's quite, quite good. good. Yeah, that it is quite good. It's quite short. That's the problem with that one. Yeah. How about this? <laughs> that has I think a nice sort of 1970s comedy appeal. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I like this one. This one this one I think would give a lot of energy. <laughs> like that that's, bongo. that's very fast yeah, bongos that's great yeah bongos are good fast bongos. yeah but then i think i think <laughs> this one is both funny and disturbing this one that's coming up <laughs> so do you have a preference
0: I, I, um well i i quite i quite fan of the bongos I must oh been, yeah okay yeah, I like well should
1: bongos. we try it out you yes. you just say what you actually think of me and i'll put them <laughs> okay. in there is and a, then we'll go into you'll the need show. all of them okay right well
0: i mean not to put fine, a point on it you're one of the biggest <laughs> i've ever met <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay time for the show episode 17, 7 uh, of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Page. I'm joined as ever by my good friend Joe Davis. Hello. Hi. Joe. Hi. Hello. Great to be here. <laughs> Great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. And well, that's the end of the show. <laughs> um, how you doing? Ackbrickino.
0: Okay, I guess, is the short answer. The long answer is flipping Brexit and Oh, just yeah. that whole thing. I don't know what to make of it. I tried uh, I tried the other day as a sort of therapy, Right, it, you know, let's try and argue the opposite argument of what I believe. You know, right. just because, you know, all the oppositional energy, as we've said many times, doesn't really get you very far until we mm. start recognising that people on both sides of the debate are intelligent and have got things to say. Not one side is not right, and when the other side is completely stupid, you know we've gotta get past that if we're gonna you know move forward together anyway
1: Well, yeah, I think I think the uh, take what you're saying about you know seeing the other side, but on the other hand, I'd like to just say that anybody who disagrees with me is a f- <laughs> so that's I only did that because of the new bleep sound. Honey.
0: But you do have a girlfriend.
1: What a bunch of <laughs> Well enough enough. Um, anyway what else have you been doing You've been it's... to Minsmere we're going to talk about uh, that in a little while
0: just, uh, Listen we just had a great time I mean I went with some great guys And we talked about life and faith And we ate well and we saw an incredible Amount of birds and it was just uh, terrific Therapeutic It was very therapeutic we're going to say more mm. later right Yeah. OK, so I uh, went to see a couple of films, both of which were brilliant, but in entirely different ways. One was Woman at War. This is your kind of film, Nick. I saw it and I said, is Nick is going to love this film. Yeah, because it's weird, but it's good weird, like you in so many ways. Um, so uh, first of all, it's an Icelandic film about this woman who's an eco-warrior. And the music is absolutely brilliant, so you've got these you've got this weird Icelandic music going on, which you'd love it's got like an umpa guy and an accordion mm. and a drummer and sometimes when the music's getting really tense and sometimes it's just easy going. but the the musicians are actually in shot, so all the way through the film, you've got sort of musicians. You know, uh, curated in a position where they're playing the music, <laughs> they're never acknowledged as right. being there, but uh, it's just genius. Oh, and
1: I'll, I'll try and look it it that. sounds
0: stupidly weird, but it kind of works and it's just fabulous. So, that was that. And then, uh, yesterday at the end of what was a particularly stressful weekend mm. for reasons I won't bore you with, uh, but it involves someone who's 93 in my life. Mm. Um, and uh, <laughs> we went to see Aladdin, and oh. What a what a fantastic film that is. I was so nervous of the remake. So I saw Dum- right. Dumbo and didn't think a whole lot of yeah. the, that Disney remake. And then before the film, they advertised the live-action live Lion King. And you're just thinking, oh, my goodness. Really? Let's just, yes. ch- let's just churn this money-making machine yes. around a bit yes. another time and remake all these things. So very sceptical. Um but it was absolutely brilliant. I needn't have been sceptical. Uh, Will Smith is fantastic as the genie, and it's a lovely, feel-good, colourful, wonderful film. And if, Great. You, Great. if you're having a little bit of a rough time at the moment, dear listeners, go see Aladdin; it'll do your heart good. Mm. But one thing I guess I'm noticing about life is just you know the, the whole range of emotions for me at the moment. You know, you go from one joyful moment, like really mm. joyful, to you know. A phone call that can turn it all mm. on its head, and mm. j- just life's rich tapestry. I'm just noticing it more and more. That's are you
1: men- Are you menopausal? I think Is I might it? be. I,
0: I'm. I'm mm. having
1: angry flushes. <laughs> 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 and, uh, <laughs> Actually, I don't associate you with anger at all. And all our. Um... Years of friendship, but I've been angry at you. I don't think you've ever been angry at me. I,
0: well, it's that thing with you know being a seven personality for the Enneagram. Family. You know, it's just anger is an emotion you shouldn't have, and you know is, yes. is stuck down. but I, you know, I did find myself getting angry this weekend, and it's really
1: yeah. uncomfortable for me. I don't, yeah, you know,
0: it's difficult.
1: You're on a path where that's going to happen, aren't you? I guess it is,
0: really. Anyway,
1: yeah. the point is, what I didn't say to you the day
0: before your birthday, and last mm. week's podcast, was happy birthday to you. Thank so let's you. let's talk mm. about you,
1: Nick, let's and talk how about old me. you are. <laughs> how are you? I'm all right, actually. Yeah, I've had a good time. I had a good time and a nice birthday. Uh, I went down to the pub, unusually for me, good. and uh, hello to Alistair, who I met last week who uh, at the pub, who's a listener to the podcast, so that was very nice. What a wonderful um, thing. Yeah, <laughs> and um, And other than that, I've been doing loads of cooking. I love Have cooking. You? Yes, and you I've... do. And you're a good cook. To well, me. Claire bought me this uh, some cookery books by um, one of my favourite cookery writers, Ottolenghi. I don't know if you know. Not it's Fanny it's Craddock? It. No. Okay. No. That's a disease, I think, isn't it? But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Ottolenghi and uh, <laughs> and uh, they're great. They're great, and so I've just been sort of cooking these stuff. Lovely... And I, what I realised about cooking is it's a very mindful activity, isn't it? It's very yeah, kind of in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because you have to concentrate really on all the ingredients and the chopping and the prep and the stirring and everything. I think it's very, very good for you. So, um, that's good. We should do a that... mid
0: faith crisis cookery thing with you, a cookery book.
1: page. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Have you done a cookery uh, book yet? Yeah, no, I haven't, no, no, that's one of the few Scumbing. genres I haven't, I haven't tackled. Talking oh, of no. which, the other thing that I'm finding is I'm quite trouble sort of writing anything at the moment. I don't know why. I hope my editors aren't listening to this, but I just, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I shouldn't think so. I don't. I just sit down and think, oh, I don't really want to do this. Uh, I think that possibly there's too many distractions. I, I, there's a very good podcast. I'll put a link up to it um, where Neil Gaiman is being interviewed, the comic book writer, novelist, right. And he has a rule, and I'm going to try this. And I thought actually the reason I'm mentioning it's because I thought it has some sort of spiritual formation applications as well, possibly. He has a rule that when he goes, when he's got a write, he goes to um, this uh, place, a shed or whatever, and um, he has he's allowed he allows himself two things: he can either write or do nothing. Okay. Either okay, if he just wants to do nothing, sit there, that's fine. Or write, but he can't do anything else. So, That's can't, his rule. so, can't so he can't So he can't play. So he can't check his phone, he right, can't okay. play games, he can't do this. He, okay, it's okay yeah, to it. just stare and do nothing. And then he says the reason that works is because writing is on the whole better than doing nothing.
0: Ah, it's less boring.
1: <laughs> and then I wondered about that where <laughs> you so like go to a retreat or something, you take books with you, or you take this, that or the other, and you think at the end of it sometimes I've done these days where I think, Oh, I haven't done much sort of praying. Sometimes that's been what I've needed. But maybe sometimes you should set yourself that rule. Go out for a walk. Either either pray or do nothing. Yeah. You know, or pray or just yeah, walk. But like... don't take your phone with you. Don't plug anything else in. Don't do that. Um, and allow yourself, because either is good. I don't know. But it's that, just a thought. That's
0: definitely a form of mindfulness as well, isn't it? Because I mean, it does sort of get you in touch with that creative space, I guess. Yeah. In yeah. Doing so anyway, that thing. was oh, interesting. I, should, I like that. Um,
1: that's good. But I need to do some writing.
0: Thank okay. nice. you. Yes, you should. You are, I if should. I may remind you, a writer.
1: Yes, I, it's called earning money, yes. Yeah,
0: Well, get on with your job, you lazy... <laughs>
1: I wish, I wish you hadn't introduced the, the new, new beep sound. It's rather taking over. Do you know, it is actually helping me get
0: in touch with my inner anger.
1: So thank I, you. I think it genuinely is. I don't think your anger is inner.
0: You're <laughs> giving me a safe place to release it all on you.
1: I live to serve. Oh, Shall we get on with some emails anyway?
0: Yeah, OK, so... We've had one in from the scientific advisor to the show, Bethany, of no, course, lovely. as we all know. Uh, and she says this. Hello, Joe and Nick. Simone Vail's last name is French and therefore pronounced they rhymes hey. with bay. Uh, uh, and she even sent a YouTube <laughs> link showing you how to pronounce they. Anyway, she says she signs herself off your friendly neighbourhood Canadian, Bethany.
1: Simone Vey, well yes Simone vay thank you Simone Vey, I'll I remember that Thank Moving you very much Bethany swiftly
0: on to an email from David He says, long time listener and still not bored That's incredible Good lord, <laughs> yeah, he it's says, a miracle oh, It is, you both do a fantastic job with the bot podcast having just listened to podcast 68 I feel it's right to echo the point that art is so very important so this is following uh, your retreat Uh, we Mm -hmm. are wonderfully made by God in his image God created and so it stands to reason that we too should create and not just other little humans Uh, we look around and see the beauty that is his creation and we add to it sadly I'm not a great artist but sometimes occasionally in brackets once in the blue moon I create something and think that it is good I think when we do th- this, it brings us closer to God. It certainly helped uh, my journey. God bless. Oh,
1: thank you, That's David. nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's right. I do think that that creative spark within us is is a part of being made in the image of God, actually. I think that's what, what it's like, and and part of being Christ-like. Um, but what we forget about Jesus is created things. When I did the Dark Knight of the Shed book, I, yeah. I put in one of the spiritual disciplines of making. Of creating stuff because I think that's really good, you know, to, right. to go out and use your craftsmanship skills or or, or artistic skills or whatever. Um, well, I would the only thing I would say is people get very hung up about art, yeah. about the word art.
0: Well, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I mean, but what if you're not an artist or you're not? Well, that's... I don't think
1: you should allow that to stop you. Okay. There's a good, um, there's a great Chesterton quote, uh, which is that if a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. <laughs> uh, uh, and he's absolutely right. If it's yeah. worth doing it in itself, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know that you ha- you don't have to be a great artist. Um, another quote I came across the other day while I was looking at some old notebooks of mine. The quote from Brian Eno, and he said this. He said, "If you don't call it art, you're likely to get a better result." <laughs> so if you just, <laughs> if, you just yeah. if you just call it scribbling, if you say I'm going to do some scribbling, I'm going to do, yeah, you know, I'm going to just use some colour. I'm going to do this, and it doesn't matter. It's not going to go on display, but I think you'll find it really helpful yeah great thank you david
0: so there we are okay and then one from kelly who says this nick and joe thank you for talking so frankly about mid-faith crisis i'm so grateful i found your podcast as i thought the only path forward in my christianity was out now i see i'm just changing if i can just tell you a bit about myself i'm a 37 year old worship leader at my pentecostal church at about 30 i realized that the god i thought i knew and the god that i was observing in the world around me was not matching up so i prayed God, if you're there, show me as you really are. That single prayer has led me to learn about other faiths and to critically think about my own faith. I've been trying to de jargonize my theology and to reinterpret my spiritual experiences beyond feel-good moments. I feel totally in the grip of grace as I move through this process. I know that if God is real, he's able to handle my questioning, is probably proud of the fact I'm using my mind as well as my heart – However, I'm now at the point where on my best day, I'm an optimistic agnostic. On my worst, a cynical atheist. I tried to talk to my pastor about this, but we're on completely different wavelengths. And all that has happened is he's restricted how often I was invited to lead songs. (laughs) What you were saying in your first episode about loneliness and isolation in this period of questioning is very true to my experience. The same pat answers that others are satisfied with just don't cut it for me. I hope, but it's thin. I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of your content. In the meantime, a question for your podcast. What advice can you give to someone who is on the fool's errand of seeking objective evidence for the existence of God? I know in the back of my mind that spiritually it is itself a subjective framework for interpreting objective reality, but I don't want this to be a cop-out.
1: Well, as a, as a question, that's a great question. question. what a great Kelly, email. First, firstly, uh, thanks for getting in touch. And, yes. yeah, it is an absolutely sort of common experience that... Um, you do feel isolated you don't feel people on the same wavelength and particularly it can be quite threatening to those who are you yeah. know see themselves as guardians of the faith or see themselves as leading yeah. uh so i'm sorry to hear that um that's been the response uh, joe i mean you're you're probably yeah. better at talking about this than i am in terms of well, the stages of faith and, and yeah, yeah, you know, those kinds of things.
0: Well, I, I mean, firstly, to say going through a phase of being an optimistic, agnostic and a cynical atheist is a, a very important part of the faith journey. So point number one, I think that is really important. When she's described, when she comes with an actual question, Kelly says, about the fool's errand of seeking objective evidence for the existence mm. of God, I don't think there's any satisfying answer to that. I mean... You know, I find it sometimes quite helpful to talk in terms of dimensions. I don't see the air all around me, but I trust it. And I I, I genuinely believe a whole dimension of cosmic reality is that God is in every single space in the universe. Every particle, every atom, every subatomic particle in the dark matter, in everything. Uh, that is and you know I can quote verses that would kind of back up a theology but it wouldn't be particularly satisfying because I find that way of doing theology a little bit old school I think ultimately one needs a bit of experience of the divine and of course you need a you, you know it does require faith that's why mm. it's called faith I guess um, mm. but it's not unintelligent faith and that's what I liked about the email so much that it's questioning and it's seeking and and that's what you do and mm. it does sound like a cliche and soundbite to say it but you know a bit of honest seeking and you generally do tend to find something even if it's not what you're expecting
1: I, I, I think that's very wise I, um, I don't think there is any objective proof and if there had been somebody would have <laughs> said it by now, I think you know, but I do where I look for it, I suppose is actually in the lives of believers, and sometimes you see good things sometimes you see bad things, but I have seen people's lives transformed <clears throat> and and I do see christ like behavior I've met people who I feel are doing that, and I think it was um it was old Dallasy boy, wasn't it, it was old uh, dallas willard yeah. he he said that you know there has to be some kind of empirical he would say change in the lives of people to show yes. that there's something there, yeah yes. it should be measurable.
0: He was a philosopher he wanted he wanted evidence and he wanted reality yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so
1: uh, you know i don't think that's wrong to look at. but i mean ultimately i don't i don't know if you can find that though really i don't know well really.
0: i think I can, what you can do is you can listen to people's experiences of mm. the divine and then you can experience your own and mm. uh, that' i mean that's how that question eventually gets answered mm. but if you say well prove to me God exists well that's difficult you're you're gonna have to See that for yourself.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, great email, well, thank you, Kelly. Th-
1: thank you very much, and do uh, do send your emails to Joe at midfaithcrisis dot org. Yeah, and send your questions. Yeah. yeah. So let's get back to uh, where you've been this week. Just, with, I thought it'd be interesting just to touch on that and. Uh yes. It is one of your favourite places. And and we're gonna it, go there in is. a few weeks' time. We don't even go on about that, but we're gonna go in a few weeks' time as well. Yeah. So tell tell us a bit about Minsmere. Minsmere is a, a bird reserve. Okay, so it's
0: it? I think it's I think it's one of the oldest uh, RSPB bird reserves. It's set it's in Suffolk on the Suffolk coast.
1: That's in the east of England. For it's in our, the international listeners. Colonial listeners. <laughs>
0: yeah. And what makes it so special is that generally with RSPB reserves, you know they have one maybe two sorts of habitat, so you mm. get birds associated with those habitats. But what this has is it has a bit of a woodland, it has a scrape, it has the sea, it has the beach. It's, it's got so many different habitats, so the the number, sheer number of species there, is uh, quite extraordinary and probably greater than most other bird reserves anywhere. In the country, so it's great if you like seeing a lot of different species, um, but it's it's great if you just love nature. Full stop. Mm. It's just a it's just a real experience, uh, an assault on the senses when you go to that scrape. I don't know whether you can remember, but the sheer volume, cacophony of all yes. the seabirds that are nesting yeah. there, and all the. You know, the screams when, a, you know, a great blackback, which is our largest kind of gull, swoops down to nick a chick from one of the mm. others, you know, is extraordinary. So, yeah, and you you get to see the brutality of nature there uh, as well, you know, like, you know, young being taken by predatory birds, marsh harriers and what have you, but you also just see the wonder of it all as well. It's great. It's fantastic. It's uh, Well, well I mean, I think place. over the
1: years I've known you, what I've noticed about you is that nature has, uh, you know, Become more and more important to you in a way. It's become more and more a spiritual moment. You've always been, you know, you've always been keen on that kind of thing. But it it now seems to be really part of your spiritual practice. Now, talk about that for a minute, because what that seems to me to be a common, quite a common thread in people who are going through mid faith crisis. That there is this renewed, well, sacramental kind of view of creation.
0: Yeah, I think so. I also think, like you said, I mean, I've always kind of liked, you know, been a bit nerdy on the bird spotting thing. Um, But, you you know, it's that life gets in the way. And so you don't end up doing the things that actually bring you life. You end up doing the urgent and the important all the rest of it, the Mm. stuff that's Mm. in front of you. But I think what's changed in me is over the past few years, and I suppose as part of the mid-faith crisis, I go, well... Where do I genuinely experience God? Or to use the kind of Celtic word, you know, where are the thin places? Mm. And a thin place is a place that opens up your heart, you know, that strips you down a bit, that, that peels away the layers, you know, if you're an ogre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you know, the ogres are like onions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a thin place is where you can sort of, um, not necessarily literally you become naked open uh, your heart is open and that can be for some people that can be the experience of song worship in church and perhaps it ought to be the experience of song worship in church it can be reading a book for others it can be a sunset it can be and it can be all manner of nature it's like where do you get that moment and that sense that god is here cuz You know, theologically, I totally believe God is here right now. Mm. God is not out there somewhere distant. God is here with me in the present, inside me, without me, you know, in the nature around me. But the question is, I can think that intellectually, but where do I actually know it? Which is going back to Kelly's email, really, and that sort of, you know, the the evidence for the existence of God. Mm. Well, means me, (laughs) is where I know God is waiting in a hide and waiting for a bittern to come out and the guys waited you know for about I don't know 45 minutes but the bittern came and it came out and it displayed and it's just this extraordinary bird but it's more than a nerdy spotting of a bird it's like the waiting there's something about that and becoming present to the air and the sounds and the Chetty's warblers going and all that sort of thing all around you. And then the sight and the excitement of that. And you're so in that moment. And then you realise, <sighs> I've been fretting about all these things and worried about all these things. But I realise that in this present moment, there's, there's nature and there's me. And now there's there's, there's more than that. There's, there's, there's mm. some connection that I can't quite define but it's a connection to the divine in my experience that's how i can that's how i feel uh what's the right word this is so hard isn't it to describe
1: way well, no, you, you're talking reminds me of um, the poet Gerald Mandy Hopkins he talks the way he talks about animals Where he, he there's a wonderful poem called windhover um where he describes a kestrel i'll put a link in into the the description mm. You know where he talks about uh, he sees this creature for what it is, and he talks about the, the inscape of creature. So it, it, oh. people have a, they have their own nature, and oh. you recognize that nature when you see it. You and you have that encounter with it. You actually oh. recognize that's not just a general bird. You know that's not just oh. a bird. It's it's this kind of bird, oh. and it does that kind of thing, and oh. that's its nature. In other words, it, it is exactly itself. And it mm. expresses what it was intended there to do and what it's like. The way you were talking was really reminding me of that. That sort of there was something more than just yeah. ticking a bird off the list. It's not really about that. It's yeah. about a sense of connection um, with creation, which seems to me quite fundamental there, really.
0: It, it was brilliant. And, and in the spirit of full disclosure, I should say there was something that made the whole experience far more powerful than it might be. been. Alcohol. Mm, almost that's in second place but the, okay to go away i, I went away with uh, with uh, six other guys there should right. have been an eighth but he let us down very badly and didn't, who was that? didn't bother coming he was an author and you know he had important yeah. book signings to do yeah. and what have you yeah. anyway the point a... is the point is this these um these guys are, are just terrific human beings and they're all they've all worked past the big ego thing so no one's there to talk about how successful they are and how brilliant they are no one was talking about what they're what they're doing at work unless they're asked you know we did ask but actually what they all do is they care and they 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 want to know god more and they're just there's a humility in that group of people. In fact, I always worry when I go away with such lovely guys and just think there's no one there with an ego. They're just easy to be oh, oh is it me? <laughs> <They'll> go, <laughs> go.
1: Are you we, the one? We manage Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so given the importance of it and given the effect of it, how could the church, you know, the small C, engage more with nature, engage more with creation, engage more with these kinds of experiences?
0: Well, to quote the great, theologian george michael let's go
1: outside for a start
0: <laughs> i would i would have thought i'm
1: not entirely sure i think they might have been taken slightly out of context well, no, I, so i'm, I'm not that's sure a... that's what he meant i, I think anyway. that was
0: a lovely song in fact we never sing it at church anymore no but, that's true, but it's that's a lovely true. song about connecting with god in nature isn't it <laughs> <laughs> let's take it. let's say yes for now. okay no it's so I, I i genuinely you know just meeting in the same old building for yeah. let's say you've done that for 30 years you might just want to try doing something else for your yeah. worship. Go for walks go for a walk go for a walk together but there's there's so many ways to ju- to actually uh break out of our routines and experience god in the present moment i think the church could do lots lots more things like that one really mm. obvious thing is you know meet in some places in nature because it's really inspiring it's lovely to be in a beautiful building don't get me wrong that can be really inspiring as well but it can be great to meet on the beach and it can be great to meet in a forest and you know forest churches are a a thing
1: yeah if you've have Um, you done forest church i have i have
0: been to a forest church i have yes
1: and how was it
0: uh it was uh it was really good it was great. I mean, you know, there's so many gags here. I don't know whether to yeah. break into them, but I'm trying not <laughs> Let's to. Let's not go there. I mean, I'd be no, interested. No, it was genuinely good. It so was genuinely I... good. And we spent time together um, talking, sharing, but we were encouraged to wander out and to, you know, be with trees and leaves and all those things that are good out there and then to come back and, and share together. It was really good. Great. And a very different experience.
1: If you've... Uh... If uh, I'm talking to the listener now, mm. if you've um, if you know if you've done church as it were in a in a different place, that, I'd, I'd be really no. interested to hear people's experiences. on oh, that and I and How, how that. it changes the dynamic. And I know you often, um, as we say, as we say on the podcast, you are often sacrificing animals on the beach and doing all that. Oh, doing the seagull
0: stuff. dance. Doing yeah. the
1: famous seagull dance. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: No, that would be <laughs> terrific. I'd, I'd I'd really I'd really love to hear from people. Um, about how they have connected with the divine and to hear your stories. I mean, has there been a specific moment where you've been outside and maybe it was under the stars or the sunset or just in nature and you just thought, and it, I don't care how new age this sounds, is, please write in to Joe at Midfaith Crisis mm. Store. Tell me your story. I'd love to hear it because... The more I talk to people, the more they open up about the stories of how they met with God. And so many times, interestingly, it wasn't in the way that you expect in the Bible or in the church. No, it was I was out there and I just knew God was talking yes, to me yes, or God yes. said something to me. And, you know, uh, if you're on the weekend with us uh, or the days bird watching with us, uh, get Rachel to talk about some of her experiences, which have been brilliant.
1: I mean, I think that thing about thin places is, is quite uh, important I, I never used yeah. to think that way I think one of the things that you tend to grow up with a sort of Protestant background is that um, you know the place doesn't matter so the, yeah. what the place looks like doesn't matter I mean the, the Zwingli sort of took all the decoration out of a church and that's what we kind yeah. of go for so it's a plain white walls and you know all that kind of stuff yeah. it doesn't matter and I think obviously there's truth in that because as you say God is everywhere but I think as I've gone on I've realised no actually some places really do matter some places mm. really are significant i was um i was on patmos uh, for researching yeah. a book sometime but i think i might have talked about it on the podcast i went to patmos and yeah. the island where john had revelation and and the chur- there's a church there in the supposed cave of the apocalypse where he mm. had the thing and it's all a, an invention really from a thousand years later but yeah. but from about a 1000 ad people have been worshipping in that place yeah. and it was really one of these Places where I sat down thinking, well, this is, you know, this is interesting from a historical, sociological yeah. perspective. I'll pray a bit and we'll see how it goes. And 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 two hours later, I was still there. And right. it felt like 20 minutes. It felt like I'd done nothing. So and what was it? Was it the sense of history there? What What were you picking up? I don't
0: know. I, there's
1: a, I think there are some places where... Um, worship prayer has sort of laid down a patina laid down has laminated the place yeah. and you kind of feel it i like that language but here's the thing how difficult is it to explain you know even you were yeah. struggling yeah. then to explain yeah. that experience you well, had it's the i is to it? explain it's the luminous and you can't really explain that and also it's different for different people that's the other thing so so some people would sit in there. And uh, I had the same experience when I went to Jerusalem. I found the Church of the Resurrection, uh, as the Orthodox call it, Mm. immensely moving. Some people who were with me found it the most intolerable place in the world. Yeah, Interesting. But here's here's
0: the thing. I can remember in my Christian experience, if we just flip the clock back 30 years, you know, being warned about the new age and the way new age people do and they're experiencing God, but they're not really experiencing God. In fact, they're probably experiencing Satan because they're not using language that we use. More and more, I realise, actually, those people were connecting with God. They were just using the best language available to them. And now I can't find the language sometimes to explain what I'm feeling and sensing um in nature when I believe I am with God and there's a there's a connection and a joining and you know mm. I don't know. I'd love to know more of the science of what goes on when you stand on the beach. I assume subatomic particles are blowing through me out of space and straight through the earth and out the other side. And you
1: know there's sometimes I'm doing that all the time.
0: Yeah, I know, but there's sometimes
1: I don't know. I think it's just that maybe there are some places where you... It's more natural to think about things like that. It's more natural to open yourselves up, and that would depend on the the character of the person.
0: But going back to what you were saying about where people have worshipped for thousands of years, I can remember being in a very ancient monastery. And, you know, I could only call it... The best language I've got is I could sense the prayer of centuries there... Now, do I really think that reality leaves a trace? No, not really, though I like movies about that because they're fascinating. But you know, I don't, I don't know that you really can sense the history. And yet somehow there's something going on, but it's it's difficult to describe. And that's why I think the language of dimensions is quite helpful. I think scientists say there are thirteen dimensions now. Did
1: you know that? There are fourteen. I've I've just found what? one. Have I you just found it, another one? On, on my desk behind an envelope. It <laughs> was another dimension. Well, I think before we get off into other dimensions, we should yeah, we should we just probably, get off. Really. Yeah, I think um, I've, I think everyone's had enough now. So so we should um, so we should round this up. I think um, this is this podcast is turning into an extremely thick place. I don't know about a thin place, but um, yeah, I think it is. Uh, so, so really, you'd, 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 you 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 yeah. I don't have to ask it, but you're very thorough, uh, you would thoroughly recommend people to get outside and to seek yeah, God there.
0: I I do to to find out what works because for years a lot of us were taught you know sit in your study and open the Bible and read a passage and pray and, and get, that can work and does work for a while maybe not for more than. 30 years but it it, <laughs> it it does work in a way but but you know really if you find that i mean it's just this theme comes through time and time again if you find being you know you connect with god in mm. a, a sunset well we're at the time of the year where you can go and look at the sunset if you find it's the stars go to the star. if you find it's walking and doing some breathing exercises and actually doing something physical because if like me you've got a bit of a desk job you know, it can be so good to do that and just notice what's mm. going on around you. And if you have, if you have the privilege of living near some countryside or some sea or something like that, just, just get out there and breathe and be and start noticing the colours that are around you and the sounds that are around you and
1: see if God shows up. Brilliant. Yes, uh, find your thin place oh. and go there, basically. Oh yeah and uh well said, yeah, uh, great. Uh, well, thanks ever so much. We'll be back in a week's time. Thank you ever so much for listening. If you like the podcast, do recommend it to others. Uh, you can donate to uh, the podcast as well by our website. Thank you ever so much for people who are doing that. Thank you um, and yeah we'll be back in a week's time. Look after yourselves. Bless it.